0: sometimes life feels out of our control we get stuck in trauma old patterns and change feels out of reach sometimes it feels like fate we want to help you break out of old unhelpful patterns and become healthier we're fate resilience taking control of the outcome with licensed therapists jennifer
1: oxford taylor madsen Haley mayer
2: So today we're going to talk about what builds attachment and we're going to talk about the pace acronym which stands for
1: playfulness acceptance curiosity and empathy
2: there will be a quiz later no there won't yeah right (laughs) playfulness acceptance curiosity and empathy are the skills that build attachment and safety
1: -hmm. Yep, or take an unhealthy attachment style and help it move towards the healthy end of the spectrum. If we can't have fun, uh, we can't have a healthy attachment style. Oh, I can hear myself now. Having fun uh, breaks up stress hormones, it breaks up the cortisol, for example. When we have too much stress, it makes it difficult to see someone in a positive light. And if we don't see someone in a positive light, it's hard to have that. warm fuzzy emotional bonds that we were talking about in the last episode that attachment is an emotional bond so when we have fun with someone it breaks up those stress hormones and helps us to connect with them
0: that's why we have dates (laughs) hypothetically i wouldn't know
2: (laughs) it is a reason that i still date my spouse as we do go and we work on having fun and that absolutely continues to build it it's interesting because people think fun can mean a lot of different things for different people fun can be common interests right it can be shared humor it can be the facial expressions of smiling and laughing so some things people talk about fun they're like into games or they're into um recreational type things absolutely doing something together is bonding having shared experiences is a type of play
1: i'm deeply passionate about laying down in a dimly lit or dark room Uh, but you know teach their own that's that's
2: fun and but then even there for you play is common interest
1: Right. Um, we'll talk about this down the road in more depth when we talk about marriage and uh, dating relationships. Uh, we call them positive third things, which is a really clinical sounding term. But essentially, uh, if two people are doing something that they both enjoy, not that I'm doing this because my partner enjoys it or I'm or she's doing it, he's doing it because I enjoy it. Then um, uh, our brain is going to give the other person credit just for being there. And so two people can hate their guts go jet skiing because it's hard to find someone that frowns on a jet ski like oh this is terrible jet skis are fun and
2: (laughs) i've never been on a jet ski (laughs) i don't
1: you're by the ocean now go (laughs) try it i will put that on my playlist and then on
0: vacation you could do that on vacation yeah and then come back and report and then if
1: you frowned, then we'll have to get you assessed and um, because our brain will just kind of assess everything around. That's why I fear. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh, Jeff.
2: I, I just try not to laugh too loud. Um, if <laughs> I do it with my husband, I'm sure it will increase our positive attachment because he really enjoys that. Does he
1: really into engines?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like we went, uh, what was it? We went on a four by four a couple so months fun. ago. And I hadn't been before, but he had. But I had a really good time. And watching him have a good time fun. made it mm-hmm. more fun for me. Um, so I like what you're saying, because I completely see that even things you've never but done before, just seeing the joy on someone else's face can can really be enjoyable. Uh-huh.
1: Right? That's why um, panic attacks uh, lead to agoraphobia, the fear of going outside, because it's such an intense experience that our brain just kind of puts a blanket statement that everything in this experience must be bad. And so the opposite can be true, a really positive experience will give everyone and everything around a positive connotation, a little bit of a positive one. Mm -hmm. And so if we have two people that are in such a negative state in the relationship that they can't communicate, that's okay. Go eat, go eat ice cream, go watch a movie. Something that doesn't require communication that heck is even better if you don't talk, like don't talk during a movie. Um, you're going to interrupt my experience watching Black Panther, please don't talk. (laughs) And and then your brain, like if you both enjoy ice cream, you both enjoy watching a movie or something, then uh, the same kind of movie, uh, then you both will get moving towards enjoying each other.
2: Playfulness also builds memories, right? So when you are going through stress together, you can have shared memories. We have shared like, commentary where we can play off of something and remember um, inside jokes are something they can be part of play that we experience so I think it's really important to recognize play can be varied um, but it is required for all attached healthy
1: attachment yeah okay. I think our first inside joke Jen was that we had started a church and it was our mother of perpetual appropriateness
2: that's right I forgot about that church <laughs> <laughs> There, there should go. be shirts made.
1: Yeah, our supervisor was Mother Superior. Yeah, That was several years ago.
2: <laughs> Shh, let's not talk about that.
1: Because um, <laughs> then it won't be an inside joke anymore. Well, now because now
2: it's an outside we, joke. So the
1: yeah, people listening joke. to this, don't spoil the inside <laughs> <Yeah>. joke. <laughs> Rachel, go back to sleep.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but... but but playfulness so often when we've done like work with families and couples sometimes doing what um we've seen with like recreational skills getting out and doing an activity together is way more important than conversation and oh yeah especially for people who think they need to talk everything to death before you talk it to death go do something fun Mm -hmm. because you may find there's less to say once you've had some positive, playful interaction.
0: I would say this goes especially for mothers and children, fathers and children, just parents and children as well. I think that's the same exact principle as what we're talking about, because in the end, because I think in the end, it's just that idea of like, we so want to intellectualize all of the issue going on between ourselves and whomever our relationship is that we're forming an attachment with. And in the end, it's really more just about the shared experience, right? It's the shared thing of that. I've had parents where I'll literally be like, I'll put crayons in front of the parent and the child. And I don't really do much therapy with kids anymore, but, and then also just paper and be like, I just want you guys to draw. That's it. No talking about anything. I just want you to draw and then tell us what you're drawing. And, you know, I'm going to turn some music on, something you both are going to like, right? And to them, they recognize like more of a, attachment moment there than if they had just gone through their list of questions of everything they need to talk about for the
2: week. And that actually is one of the first forms of play that we learn as children is what we call parallel play, Mm -hmm. where we're not necessarily interacting, but we're doing the same thing at the same time. And that parallel play, especially when there's a lot of angst in the relationship can be really important. So let's go into some teenage whispering here for a minute, right? Because that tends to be a time of a lot of stress. So, with teenagers going for a drive together, getting a drink, um, not alcoholic, not sorry, getting going to get a soda shop drink. That's Maybe. right, non alcoholic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, unless you're listening from France, which
2: no judgment might be. Do we have France listeners? That would be cool. I would, um, mm. but but doing something in that parallel people. play realm. Uh-huh. Going to an arcade, those kinds of things versus the need to sit down and what, and do, you know, confrontive conversation or those kinds of things are actually way harder. So I really recommend if there's a relationship you're struggling with, parallel play is where
1: you should start. Our couples uh, that struggle so much to even find something that they both enjoy, uh, parallel play is what we prescribe. Like, hey, you go do X, you do Y, just make sure you're in the same room. Mm-hmm. And it works.
0: Yeah. Play is our first language as a kid, like what you're saying with parallel play specifically, but play is the first language. It's how we learn how to communicate with our friends, with our family. You can tell how a kid's doing based off how they're playing on the ground, right? If they're throwing things everywhere and they're just not having it, they're not feeling regulated, right? If they're just happy and content, you can see it in the way they play. And so play is the way we communicate in the very beginning. And so we need to tap into that very basic natural thing that we do. But yeah, if we learn how to do the parallel play, if we bring that back and we see our play as being another way we're communicating, right? If we look at our partner and we're doing parallel play within the same room and we're noticing they're really content with their, you know, diamond art activity, right? Or their paint by numbers or we um we see they're really content with their um just, you know, art project, whatever it is, right. Um, Or they're reading, it's, it's going to give us some really positive, you know, association with that person and vice versa. Right. Because we seeing someone in a calm state and in a happy and rich state, they may not be working specifically on the relationship in that moment, but you're able to like introduce all these more like You know, healthy
2: experiences, even if they aren't specifically with you interacting with you in that moment. The other thing it will teach you if you have a lot of trauma is to be in a calm state with other people. So, when you're in a playful place, especially a parallel play situation, your limbic system is going to relax, your body is going to calm down, and you can be with the other person in a calm place. And, and that's really important if you've had a lot of trauma that have, has been very activating around other people. And so if you find that you do withdraw a lot or that you do feel anxious around other people, give yourself permission to just be in the same area and be calm. Mm-hmm.
1: There's only two exceptions to play helping people calm down. That is a child at bedtime and a child at church. Otherwise, <laughs> it's great.
2: What is stop. that? Taylor, what are you saying?
1: <laughs> so I'm just don't introduce those.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, that was
0: direct instruction to Taylor's children. Yeah. If you're <laughs> listening to this, they're one of the three listeners. It's Taylor's wife and his children. She's touching me. <laughs>
2: he's like, stop playing before bed. But it's interesting <sighs> even for young kids at church. Um and, and not going to bed because you don't want to stimulate kids while they're trying to relax. But we do bring things like you'll see card games or toys or I always had an activity book that my mom made for us when I went to church as a kid. And so that parallel play, because I'm not going to process auditory, mm-hmm. th- she did bring something to keep my attention and teach me that I could enjoy that process versus if... I was expected to sit on a pew and not move for, let's say, 60 minutes. Most kids have an attention span of five minutes. And so that's not going to work out. And it's going to end up in maybe what we call a power struggle, which we'll save for another episode
1: um one of my friends who's also a therapist we worked together at a couple different places uh, and this is actually true for you Jen if you were coloring during a meeting you did great this other mm-hmm. friend would crochet with her fingers and have like a whole scarf done by the end of the meeting and as long as she was crocheting like her focus was very on point and if she didn't have anything to do with her hands I was like hey hey friend 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 Becca
2: <laughs> come back
1: yeah um, and it's- and it's
2: true that sometimes um depending on how people process information that having some non-directive activity can help them focus more in their attention with playfulness i'm just thinking you guys we're going to end up in like separate podcasts for each thing at this point we've got a lot with pay we could do that yeah okay so with playfulness too one of the things that you want to do is take breaks. So when we have a routine, say Monday through Friday, we go to school and work, Saturdays we do chores, Sundays we, you know, maybe we do shopping or church or whatever you do, having some things like a vacation, and that can be a staycation, or even an activity where we go to a local park, that type of thing that breaks up monotony is another way that we can introduce play And we move out of functional just existence into, oh, I really enjoy being with this person.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's less about needing to
0: fill the time and more about enjoying the time with that individual, right? It's, I just, I think it's cool. I think it's all species have their own version of this type of connection right? It's, it's not just a human thing. You look at, you know, you mentioned monkeys last episode. Okay. Monkeys are huge with play, right? That that's how they get to know each other. Dogs huge with play Maggie. I mean, I'll say the word ball and she side-eyes me and she looks at me and she knows,
2: right.
0: Or I'll say, I'll say Finn, who's her boyfriend who is one of our neighbors, and she automatically associates that with play. That's how she connects, right? And even the two of them, they aren't ones to really calm down. When they do calm down, they're still playing. They're lying side by side. They're usually like nuzzling each other, kind of, you know, hitting each other with each other's paws. That's how they connect, right? And so you see that schools of fish. You see that with um, birds. You see that with all these different, you know, species species outside of the human species it's a universal concept
1: particularly for mammals
0: yeah yeah and so it's it's a universal concept that there's something in this idea that when we engage in not in people would call it frivolity frivolousness right but at the same time it's really not excess it's actually more mandatory that we have that
2: It's a part of that self-care. Remember, Mm -hmm. self-care is connecting to yourself and other people. So we talked about that in the first episode. The other thing I like as you're bringing this up is that pets are really good for people who are highly anxious Mm -hmm. or do struggle with attachment to other people because they have kind of this neutral interaction. You know, there's this unwavering positive regard. And so you'll see a lot of people will say, I don't really like people, but I like pets. Well, that's because you're working on feeling safe, loved, cared about, and getting those emotional needs filled without risk. Mm -hmm. There is more risk to interacting with humans than there is to pets. Mm-hmm. So just I just want to say that because a lot of people will say, I'm not really a people person. I'm like a dog or a cat person. Well, that's okay, but that's a good sign of you need to practice some playfulness with humans too. If you avoid all humans, you actually teach yourself not to be able to interact with them.
1: Well, speaking of risk, um, going back to doing something that you both enjoy or parallel play. If one person in the relationship is competitive, do not do anything in which... Points are kept. No sports, no games, Mm -hmm. no racing. Uh, Otherwise, we'll have the opposite effect that we're looking for. You'll build negative sentiment instead of positive sentiment.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Boy puppies know that really well. And so they'll let girl puppies win. It's really cute to watch. I
0: was going to say, yeah, Maggie's Maggie's boyfriend, he lets her win all the time.
1: Um,
0: Both
2: my puppies are male and they do not let each other win.
0: Well, because they're both male. That's if one, one of them podcast, was a cast you guys well it's, well
2: think about think about tucker
0: not tucker yeah tucker, tucker the elder, yeah, yeah he would let Maggie win
2: when he was, when she was over. Right. He does let girl dogs win. Uh I don't know. I haven't, he hasn't been around as many girl dogs. But Yeah. So
0: that is very interesting. Yeah. That's kind of their preservation tactic, but I think it
2: is very interesting to
0: kind of see how it all relates with it. And also me, like I do have anxiety. I'm pretty open about it with my clients, with everyone, you know, it's obviously not something that is detrimental in my work. Um, I know how to manage it. I know what it looks like, but, you know, I've one who have accepted it, you know, with Maggie, one of the reasons that I got her first of all was to kind of help with working with clients in the offices and things like that. Cause that's what she does, but also just, you know, to have her around, right. Cause she's great. So she'll kind of just sit there and she'll, you know, she'll make sure that she's known. She's pretty good about reading that, but she also knows when, like to kind of try to get me to play with her. Right. And so for her, she sees that as like, it's usually after she did something she shouldn't, which is always kind of funny. So it's her trying to like
2: rebuild and have healthy relationship. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up play, one of the things I want to do is give some suggestions to our listeners for things that they could do to start practicing play. We talked about parallel play, um, but some other things that I often suggest is taking a class you enjoy. Not, this does not include any kind of grad school or degree seeking classes. <laughs> no. A class you enjoy might be a cooking class or an arts and craft class or some kind of sporting, you know, learning to shoot a bow or something like that. But taking a class is a way of moving into play with people, building your community, building your social network. So that's a really good option.
0: And we're not can... saying like a consistent class. We're saying it can be a one-time class just to open up that.
2: Right. Um, we ha- I actually have a good friend who's really good at just exploring different things and she's always looking for kind of what else she could learn and learn that plethora and then when she finds something she really likes that she can focus on it. So that's one of the things I suggest. Class- other things are clubs, right? Um, mm-hmm. Book clubs you know, uh, bunko nights or something I've heard of a lot. Um, people often, you'll see that they'll go to a same place to socialize and watch a sporting event together. Mm -hmm. Um, those are all good ways to start enjoying forms of play. I think looking back at things you liked doing too, when you
0: were younger, can be really helpful. So for me, when I was trying to get back into learning how to self-care and learning how to form healthy attachment with myself and those around me, I remember I loved reading. I'm very much like, I love reading. Grad school kind of ruined it for me a little bit because you had to do all this mandatory reading and it always wasn't the most interesting of things. I loved reading. And so I started doing that. And then I would talk to friends about books and things like that. You know, play can also be it's just so many different options available with it. And so I think one of the big things is just being aware that you you can look into a lot of different areas and there is no right or wrong area.
2: So go find something fun to do. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.